listener. I'm M.M. And I'm Katie. And we're bi-coastal besties bonding over mysteries and wine. Welcome to the Wine Times Mysteries Podcast. That's right. Um, I had a blessed event occur the other day, which I will... (laughs) So I will refer to it from here on out when I had to reorder my hashtag wink. (laughs) (laughs) Blessed event. Blessed event. I mean... They were out of some of the ones that I've had before that I really liked, like the um, the Easy Squeezy Sauvignon Blanc. But that just meant that I got to try new things. So I'm eagerly awaiting my hashtag wink, hashtag not a sponsor one week (laughs) wine box to arrive. Excellent. Make poor decisions. P-O-U-R, says the box. (laughs) How about you? Um... So far, so I have a, a new arrival of Wink that mm-hmm. is just chilling mm. in my fridge, like waiting to be attacked. Um, Love I it. did reorder that Prismas Pinot Grigio that we were both oh, so surprised was so yeah, good. Yeah, that was good. Uh-huh. Neither of us are Pinot Grigio uh, nope. aficionados, I would say. I'd say we both tend to go more towards the Sauve Blanc end of the That's spectrum. That's right. But dear God, that label is beautiful and uh, that wine is so good. Um, so I have. I have kind of, I have two new ones and then two greatest hits just nice. sort of chilling and waiting for me. Um, right now I am drinking mushroom coffee because I could not get more Pacific Northwest if I tried. I'm sorry. Come again. Mushroom coffee. Mushroom coffee. Yes. It's a, uh, it's coffee made with uh, lion's mane and chaga mushrooms. That's supposed to help your focus and creativity. Um, is there also, is there also coffee oh, yeah, in there yeah, with yeah. them? So it doesn't taste like mushrooms at all. It's just sort of like, you know, when you blend I mean, I like mushrooms. mushrooms. I mean, yeah, I, like I don't, them. I don't want to drink like liquid mushroom. Though. Well, I don't know if I do or not because I've never done it before, but I just want to make sure that there's actual coffee in yes. your mushroom coffee. I would compare it to when you blend a ton of spinach into a smoothie and like yeah. the spinach is undetectable, but you're getting dead nutrients. Um, this is like coffee that's got like hidden mushrooms. As I as I hold up my <laughs> dirty mason jar of breakfast smoothie that had the spinach remnants in it, yeah, very, very cottage core chic. I love it. <laughs> I have recently decided that's my new aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> mason jars, canning, <laughs> except mason jars is just empty wine bottles. <laughs> Because I don't know if you saw, there's a shortage of mason jars in the country. Really? Because of everybody cooking at home and being (laughs) at home and deciding we're going to cook more and then we're just going to save, as we should, save the stuff that we cook. So there's a shortage of mason jars. So you heard it here first, folks. There's another use for your hashtag (laughs) wink bottles. If they have a screw top. That makes so much sense because I have been seeing asks on my Buy Nothing group for yeah. mason jars and i was just like can't yeah. these people just go to fred meyer and get some mm. mason jars no but apparently no they not. i mean they could go to fred meyer they would probably not be able to buy the mason jars so here's what you do uh fam here here's my cottage core <laughs> tip of the day you can take your wink wine bottle if it's a screw top you put a funnel into the wink wine bottle and then with all that chicken broth that you're making in your slow cooker or your stovetop or your instapot whatever it is that you're doing for your own cottage core projects and then you use that funnel right and that's how you you repurpose the wink wine bottles if you're not using it for other home decor items like a like a goddamn Martha Stewart covid <laughs> times i really want to find out you know how um in like cute 
gift shops, there's always those, um, I think it's called like unscrewed or untapped or something where they've cut a wine bottle in half and then poured a mm-hmm. candle in it. But the cut is so clean. I'm like, how uh, do you do this? And mm. I feel like I could look it up, but that also seems like so much work and like there's heat involved. So I don't know how far I want to go into this thing, but I feel like I could make, instead of it being the bottle, you could cut mm-hmm. the top off and have it be like a vase. That is cottage core, man. That is cottage core. Oh. Fresh cut flowers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Loving it. So. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, allegedly, the purpose of our podcast is to talk about um, uh, Unsolved the new season of Unsolved Mysteries. And I mean, that's new, what we've told people. I don't know. <laughs> a new season, by the way, is dropping on, <gasps> I want to say, October 16th. Season I two. I saw that, and I almost lost my goddamn mind. Oh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So, one, it's clear that they've done a good job um, because, you know, Netflix doesn't renew everything. But, two, we get we get a couple more episodes, so that's exciting. That's right. Do um, we know how many episodes are going to be in the new season? Is it going to be, like, another British season where there's <laughs> less than I, ten episodes? I do not know. The little notification was just season two drops. So, I... I'm gonna assume six, and then if 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 it's more, I will be pleasantly surprised. Um, There's a collective gasp. <gasps> they're they're keeping it a mystery. Um. So, <laughs> womp womp. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the mushroom. That's the mushroom coffee creativity coming through. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we are on episode four, which is called No Ride Home, um, which is about the disappearance and murder of 23-year-old Alonzo Brooks. So I had a lot of feelings about this episode. Yes. I, I mean, this, so this happened back in 2004. Yes. Um, so I, I, I had a lot of feelings. I was feeling things about Black Lives Matter movement that got has been around but got huge over the summer and then I was having a lot of feelings about my life growing up back in Texas and being in a more rural area because all of these things were happening in rural areas and when they were talking about their friend group and their plans and I I definitely got the feeling that kind of how this night came to be may not be something that people who are maybe from a more urban area could really understand Mm -hmm. uh, on the same level if you haven't experienced it but all of these things I was like oh yeah a lot of what unfolded that night for good and for worse is that that was not proper I am 40 years old um (laughs) So a lot of the things that unfolded that night, the good things I feel like about the friends coming together and wanting to go do something fun, but also obviously the very bad things that happened tonight seemed familiar. This was a little bit familiar to me as well. I didn't grow up in a super rural area, um, but I did go to school in cornfields in high school. So it, you know, this did ring a little true uh, to me as well, where it's one of those things where this could have happened me and you know oh, making yeah. dumb young decisions this could yes. happen yes to anyone and the fact that he had um this extra thing of having to deal with the racism of it which probably was what led to the ill of the evening um 
yeah, it just, it, it rang really true and hit really close. And also it just is a gut punch because, um, you know, he's 23 and it, it's clear that it's still affecting his family quite That's a bit. Right. And so speaking of that, uh, we yes. open with his mother and we meet his mother, Maria, who, um, <sighs> but it's clear that it's still affects her deeply. Right. Um, you know, when we, we get interviews with the family, they're like, he was her baby. You know, she, he was one of five, I want to say. Five, two boys and three girls. And he was the baby. Yeah. Um, so that fam, she, Maria raised the family in Topeka, which as his family and friends were saying was more of an urban area. And another hashtag, yes, I'm 40 fact. I didn't know that Topeka was a capital of Kansas until this episode came out. Did you think think it was Wichita? I can very honestly say I've never thought about it. At some point when he was a little bit older, his family moved to Gardner, Kansas, which is, uh, and it looks like an excerpt of the greater Kansas City metro area. Um, so as they described it, it's a little bit more suburban, a little bit of slower lifestyle than when they were in Topeka. And just for comparison's sake, Topeka in 2005 had about 125,000 people in it. They moved to Gardner, which is about an hour from Topeka is outside of Kansas City. And that had about 15,000 people in it. So Much smaller community. Much smaller and much more homogenous. Uh, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot a lot quieter. Um <sighs> he was the you know, the only you know, black person in his friend group. Um probably the only black person that his friend group knew at that time. Um and they, they right. make this comparison quite a bit and they bring it up quite a bit that, you know, he you know Topeka is going to be is going to have a lot more diversity than Gardner, and then definitely right. more than um, where the party where he disappears took place in less. Um, I, it looks like Les Signy, and it really upsets me that it's like Lassine, Lassine. So I so they were saying Lassine in the show, but I found some other things on on Yield interwebs that were saying it should be Lassine, pronounced Lassine of Lassine. People, if you're from Kansas, please don't add us. We are really, I tried. I tried to go to YouTube and see if somebody was like, this is how you say it. I did not find anything like that. I mean, to go with, I want to say our, our previous episode, uh, it's the swan in French. So I think <laughs> yes. I keep thinking of it as la, you know, and it's uh, it's la, a la, not you, a la. Right. You know, and so, so the lays, <laughs> like keeps getting me. So the lay scene is even smaller, even more rural. Um, yes. And Look, Duolingo has not prepared me for how to pronounce the name of this town. That is what I can tell you. So we meet his friends that he was hanging out with. Well, we meet some of his friends that he was hanging out yes. with that night. We meet Justin. Yep. We meet Daniel. Okay. And, and there's Tyler. a third friend, Tyler. Yes. Uh, we do not meet his friend, Adam, although we learn of Adam later. But they said there were about eight people from Gardner that went to this party. How did they find out about this party? In true style of living out in the country, no one can remember, but they heard there was a party happening about an hour away because there was a guy who was leaving to go join the military. So this was like his goodbye party. And so all the friends get together on April 3rd to figure out how they're going to get to this party an hour away. And they kind of divvy up who's driving and who's riding. Um, then we talked to Maria, who's 
talking about, oh, the last time I saw Alonzo, he says, we're going out. Who's we? Which made me die laughing. So I was like, A, yes, Maria. B, totally my mom. He's like, we're going to this party. Where's the party? <laughs> Either La or La Scene, depending on how you pronounce it. And, and you know, just asking a lot of questions. Who's going with you? Who's going to be there? Where's this party? Good job. Good job, Maria. I mean, and, and then I was just like... When uh, when your daughters are are older, you know the, those words are going to come out of your mouth too. Going out where with who? Do I know this person's parents? Do I know this person? That's right. But by then it will also be a trap because I will have a tracking device installed in their necks and on their phones. So I will be able to confirm said information that they are giving me. What is it true? Is it not true? We don't know. Skynet is real. I love it. <laughs> and it's here. It is now. Not in 2004, though. So they, they do mention that uh, Zoe had a hurt ankle, um, which comes into play later when trying to hypothesize, you know, what happened to him where he was. Um, and yeah, so they, they all head out there and he, uh, Alonso is in the car with Justin. Um, they do note that at one point, um, Alonso gets into it with a guy. Um, you know, one of the randos that they don't know, cause they do know, they only know about eight people, which again, this is, you know, and they, and I think Tyler notes, this is a very country party. It's like 40 to 50 people. It's- I like how they put that. This is a, Country party, which I was like, yes, this all sounds familiar. People are doing the normal party things of, I think, drinking and dancing and flirting. But then you also have people playing drinking games, playing card games, smoking. Um, they noted that everyone was 16 to 21 max. Uh, ooh, that that one I was not super comfortable with when they said that. and and But again, I've may or may not have been to many parties such as these that are just a bunch of people getting together out in the country and drinking and, and smoking. And it just people materialize like it's somehow in the, it's in the ether that there's a party and it doesn't matter That's if you don't right. know the person who's hosting. You just you heard. You just go. Um, they Speaking arrive. of which, did you did you catch how they like had their opening line to get yes, into the party? Yes. So arrives and goes, who wants a beer? So I assume... Uh, the etiquette is you bring, uh, you know, a beer cube with you and you contribute to the, um, the party's accoutrement and then, uh, you just join in and that's what happens. So, uh, I, I forget who notes it. It might've been Tyler and Daniel note that at one point someone is getting into it with Alonzo, um, and Daniel has to break it up. But other than that, they say, other than everyone's having a fun, having a great time. Um, they, they note that, like, when you get out in Lucene, it's, there's going to be more of that stuff, meaning racism. Um, and that Alonzo was definitely the only black person there. We do note that uh, <laughs> Tyler and Dan leave at 11. And Zoe and Justin are still having a good time. Um, you know, they say goodbye, they shake hands, they do, uh, Tyler says the hug, which, you know, I'm assuming, you know, the bro, the bro do, hug. Do the it's, um, it's the one hand handshake while the other hand does the back pat with a slight lean in, but not a hug in the traditional sense where you have two arms both wrapped <laughs> around the other individual. Right, right. Just um, to break that down. And they were leaving because they found out about another party. 
they don't say where it is or where they went, but they just said they found out about yet another party and decided to leave the country party to go to this other party. If my friends are leaving going to another party, I tend to want to go with them or go home because I'm not a second location kind of gal. So um, let's talk about that for a minute. And let's also talk about, I'm assuming you had similar experiences, but starting in high school and up through, you know, present day, the girl code that you were taught by the adults in your life and you impressed on your friends is you go together and you leave together. You don't leave somebody behind. If one of your friends is pulling the, no, I want to stay, doesn't matter why, by themselves with this dude, I'm going to get a ride home with so-and-so, that's, that's violating the girl code. Now, I don't, I am, I am not a male. I do not have boys. I don't know if that is impressed on boys and men to the same extent it is with girls. I tend to doubt it, but it is, I would still think that that is just basic friend code, not necessarily just girl code. You go to the party, you leave with the people you came with, especially when you're over an hour away from home. And this isn't an hour in like, you know, LA traffic from home. This is an hour as in 60 miles on the highway mm-hmm. away from home in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. out in the country. And when I say nowhere, did I tell you the population of this town? You did not. 1100 in 2005. Oh, yikes. Um, yikes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and to be fair to Justin, um, so he realizes he's out of cigarettes, goes to bump some off Alonzo. Alonzo's also out of cigarettes. And so Justin goes, I'm going to go get some cigarettes. And Alonzo's like, get me some too. Uh, again, I don't identify with this because I hate strangers. So I'd be like, I'll go with you. And then just... <laughs> well, there's that. I'm also not a smoker. So I, there's probably a lot of smoking etiquette. I don't know. But you're at a party with all these people. Everyone's already sharing their booze. I would assume that you could also maybe share some cigarettes with somebody else there. Yeah. But, okay, but he made the decision to go buy some more cigarettes. I really feel for Justin. I feel like he was trying to do the right thing because he had every intention of returning to the party. However, I have been in Justin's shoes where you go down the very long driveway of this country house, you turn on to the main road, and you go the wrong direction. And because you're in the middle of nowhere, you do not realize until too late that you have gone in the wrong direction. And now you've doubled your time to get back to where you needed to go. And then he gets his car stuck. I have done all, all of these things. All of these things. So I feel for him. So, so Justin, this happens to Justin. And then he realizes he's a half hour away from where he thought he was going to be. And he's stuck. So he uses his cell phone to call his friend Adam from Gardner, who's still at the party. And Adam is a friend that we don't meet in this episode. Right. And and he, so basically Justin's like, I'm not going to be able to make it back. Who knows when my car is going to get unstuck. He was basically handing off like, hey, I was Zoe's ride. Um, can you give him a ride home? And Adam's like, yes. But apparently in this trade-off here, um, there's a misunderstanding and Adam thinks that either thinks that 
Alonso has already left, or there's just some sort of miscommunication and uh, Adam does not leave with Alonso. Um, and then we cut to April 4th, the next morning, and someone's calling asking if Alonso's there. And Marie's like, what? Um, and goes to his room. He hasn't been home. She activates the phone tree. Again, Maria, hero of this story. She, again, is like, he's not here. Where is he? Because this is not like him. He always comes home. And so, right, the friends are calling each other. Did he get a ride home with you? Did he get? A, did he sleep over at your place? No one's seen him. Nobody knows. And I will say the friends also activated Voltron very quickly here. <laughs> they all came together, which... which I liked, but I, I was still just baffled. Like, how, how did that, how did he get left? Were any of them in a state where they should have been driving is, a, is a, another question. Um, we find out things about the party, like, later, like, there's, you know, a hypothesis that he was flirting with a girl and they got a little too friendly. So it was like, did they leave to find some, like, an alone space? And Adam's right. like, oh, he's with this girl. Or where is he? He must have left. Who knows? Um, but it's one of those things where it's just, you know, you can't go back and change your decision. But again, the girl code is very much like I have very clear memories of just waiting for someone, to, a friend of mine to stop making out with somebody to be mm-hmm. like, hey, there. We're, we're, we're leaving. You can set up a date with this person and continue right. this later. But you leave or the friend the who wanted to you. leave with someone and having to be like, hmm. You're not in the state of mind to be making that decision right now. Get his number. Mm-hmm. And we'll and see you later. I mean, that girl code times a thousand because I was also the bomb friend of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of corralling everybody, making sure everyone had a buddy, particularly in college, my sorority. Like, that was just me. Yeah, in so I was thinking so. about that again. They're, they didn't have, it did not appear that they had the designated driver slash mother father responsible adult and mm-hmm. hashtag this is 40 kids look if you're going to a party and everyone needs transportation don't leave a man or woman behind you need to have a plan i hate having to say that but it's true i mean or you could just be me and uh play board games with your friends and, <laughs> you know and order pizza that is also an option Um, That is an option for a good time. But even me with, you know, like my mom friends from the girls' school, um, if I've met up with the moms to go do something, if people are Ubering home, you know, pre-COVID times, we we are the most boring group of people you can probably think of. That's not true. I mean, not exciting. I mean, I'm not going to crazy ragers at this point in my life. Someone gets in the car, we're like, okay, text me when you get there. Mm-hmm. Right? There's just protocols that women have that I don't think that men have. And you know what? I think this shows that they should. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day, so the phone tree's activated. Maria also calls Rodney, who is a <gasps> I friend. I love Rodney. Of, uh, love you know, him. Alonzo's best friend who's saying, you know, he's my brother. Um, there's a friend from Topeka. He drives in, you know, the family's been called. So we get the brother as well. Billy. And then Billy's wife, Cindy, who's also mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, um, love Cindy. They're, you know, they're all... Uh, coming to try and find uh, Alonzo. And Rodney does find um, his hat, Alonzo's hat and boot across the street. So they make a big note 
that the house is set very far back from the road and has this long, long, long drive. Typical country house where it's off of a highway. There's just a random turn off a highway with a very, very long gravel road. The country house, farmhouse, whatever it is you want to call it, is back. There's a big field between the house and the highway. Yeah. That's that's what's important. So if you think of the driveway coming to the highway as a T, across the highway is where Rodney found Alonzo's hat and one of his boots. And then they they find the other boot down the road a little ways on the side of the street with the house. So they are apart, but they're like, something has happened. Why would he take his shoes off? It had, you know, it had rained. Um, you know, he wouldn't take his shoes off. He wouldn't take his hat off. Like his ankle, like he, his, his ankle was hurt. If he was going to walk home, which was something that the sheriff's ended up suggesting, he wouldn't take his shoes off. He wouldn't be able to limp, you know, an hour drive Uh back to Gardner. That's right. And like one of the things Rodney said that really stuck with me was these were hidden, though. They were just out in the open for anyone to see. Like no like no one would look for them almost. Like no one would care. They're just they are just there. So they're like, okay, so they're still looking around going, okay, but where is he? Um and then Rodney and Justin are approached by someone on a four-wheeler who comes driving up I don't know. Listeners, if any of you don't know what a four-wheeler is, there are these things called ATVs, so all-terrain vehicles, and people out in the country like to drive them around. It's like a little car with no top on it. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. Um, so this guy comes up and is like, hey, you gotta, you have to leave, basically. Right. Like, this isn't your property. You, you need to get out of here. Which, and, I would have had words with that man. Right. But, and, and Rodney does make a point to say, I'm not safe here. That's right. Like, yes. we have to go. So there was a news clip that they showed later, much later in the episode, where from 2004, and there was a reporter on the scene talking about how Alonzo's been missing. She said that the house had been rented to four individuals who had since been evicted. So again, did they know they were getting kicked out the next day? We didn't. We don't talk to the owner of the property, which I think would have been helpful just for context, know who was renting the house at the time, or or was this a situation where it had it was a rental, the renters got kicked out, it was open, and someone in town was like, oh, hey, my dad, uncle, brother, cousin, whatever, owns this property. It's empty right now. They said we can use it to go have a party on Friday night or Saturday night. Right. And and we don't know we never find out who the person on the ATV is. Uh-uh. Um, you know, we don't know if that person was unique to get off this property because I definitely killed someone, or we don't know <laughs> if it's Rodney, you're black, you need to get off this property. Um, because again, we're in Lacine, a lot or, of that stuff is there, meaning racism. <laughs> or is it someone who just because this is a town of eleven hundred people that this guy is just <laughs> Tooling around on his ATV and see someone he doesn't know because it's a town of 1,100 people. And it's like, hey, man, I don't know you. You guys need to get out of here. I don't know. I mean, so yeah, we, things. we never really find out. And so um, Billy and Cindy meet with a sheriff um, and the, a deputy from the time uh, declines to be interviewed on camera. But we do get kind of an, a voiceover from him saying, you know, we walked the creek bed, uh, didn't find him, didn't find anything. Um, and so he just reported, you know, no contact and 
that was that, you know. Um, and then on the seventh, so he disappears. The party's on the third, disappears on the fourth. On the seventh, that's when the case is turned over to uh, the KBI. Um, and within a few days, they say an extensive search, you know, with the dogs and everything like that gets um, starts up. And by the, uh, the tenth is when the FBI joins in. Um, and then we start getting our, you know, they start showing archival news reports where the reporters are saying, was this a hate crime because of, you know, he was the only black person there. Um, Lacine is apparently known for being super racist. And, um, you know, there's witnesses from the party saying that there were slurs being thrown around. So maybe that was when Alonzo got into it with that guy, maybe that's after the friends left and, you know, things went down as people got drunker. Um, so that, you know, we don't have, you know, our three Gardner boys kind of reporting in on anything that happened later. They're saying witnesses at the party said there was lots of slurs being thrown around. So there's positing since we don't know where Alonzo is, he hasn't been found. Was he the victim of a hate crime? So April 12th, the underwater rescue dive team, goes out to the site because there's also a creek that runs through this property. The guy that we're talking to who does the underwater rescue says the water at its deepest was three feet deep. And so they have a team that's searching the creek and they have a team that's going along the banks of the creek and they don't find anything. He also says that um, the water was, you, you could see the bottom of it. It wasn't like if he was in the water, I mean, they were searching the water, but it, it was, it, he wouldn't be hidden by the water because it was, right. it was three feet and right. it wasn't, you know, all mud or something like that. Right. And so they didn't find anything. And he says they were also not invited back out to search again. So they basically closed their search file for him. And then on April 15th, they, um, sent cadaver dogs out to the site. And again, they're not finding anything. And in the meantime, they're kind of cutting into different uh, interviews with Maria and with Rodney. And again, everyone keeps saying, why did you leave him? Who leaves a friend at a party? And I, I just, I feel awful uh, for the friends that are at least the ones that are interviewed because I feel like they tried to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, he's been missing for 11 days. And according to Justin, the sheriff's kept saying that he got drunk and walked home. And that's when he's just like his, <laughs> like without his shoes. I'm sorry. No matter how drunk I am, I'm never making the decision that if it took me an hour to drive there, that no. it's going to start walking down the street. That's no. not what's happening. And it's um, not a street. It's a highway. So no, there's no walking down the highway. But also at that point, you're all, you know, you're 11 days, 12 days out. So you know he's not hitchhiking because somebody would have reported seeing him. You know he hasn't been just sleeping off a hangover at somebody's house, right? Like, that's been a good amount of time. Yeah, if he if he got lost, like, I guess that what they're positing is he started to walk down the street and got lost. And so it's just like, if he got lost at 11 days out, he, you know, he's either dead from exposure or he has found a phone or, like, gotten yes. in touch, like, you know, again, yes. seen a car or if maybe they're saying he was drunk and walking down the highway and got hit by a car. Like a, a, they're not even really positing anything. They're just saying he got drunk and walked away. And and Justin's like, we kept saying bullshit. That's not what happened. Something's happened here. Why would you find his shoes? Why would you find his hat? Well, and his ankles messed up, right? Right. The sheriffs are not letting them search on their own. They're saying we don't want the family to search, you know, and stop. Oh, it's definitely uh, Billy and Cindy because they're saying you need to slow down these phone calls because like, they were calling the sheriff's that office for updates. That made me mad. 
every day. Mad. And they're like, you need to slow down. We'll call you. Oh, uh, um, no, no, mm-hmm. you will not call me. Now, I will give the sheriffs. I understand why they say you can't go on to someone else's property and just start searching. Because if there is evidence they missed, you know, you want to keep a scene as, I don't want to say pristine. I don't feel like that's the right word. Uncontaminated. Right, as clean as possible when you're looking for clues and evidence. So I get that. But telling them not to call, I'm, okay, so you're telling me I can't go search I'm, I'm, and I can't call you? No, of course. Your kid, your brother, your friend is missing. No one knows, has any answers. Uh, yeah, that I'm going to be calling every day, probably right. multiple and, times a day. And the way to mitigate that is to have a liaison or someone at the sheriff's office call and give daily updates and be like, we haven't found anything. Here's what we did today just to keep someone informed. But, you know. I, oh, so I was mad. Say, when they were like, this is ridiculous. I was like, I agree. Um, so we cut to May 1st, which is 27 days after 27 the party. 27 days. In February, that's almost a month. <laughs> Most <laughs> <And> years. <laughs> at that point, they actually do finally okay the family to look. Because I think at this point, they're like, they've given up. They haven't found anything. They've done lots of searching with the KBI, the FBI. We had, um, I love his name, Bill Feller, um, who is the underwater dive guy. Um, So they, you know, the friends get together. There's lots of community volunteers that want to look. And they say within half an hour. Half an hour. 30 minutes. They, uh, there was this, this woman who was just identified kind of as a volunteer. She said they saw a shed. And I was like, oh, that's a murder shed. That was my immediate thought. Like, literally. A murder shed that she said, it's not on the property anymore. Like, today, it's not there. But back then, there was a white shed that we kept telling people to search. Yes, murder I shed. Mean, and who knows, like, maybe the KBI, et cetera, like, during their search, like, looked in this shed. But my, my immediate thought was, like, this is a murder shed. He was kept there as a murder shed. But okay. I don't trust most sheds. So. Yeah. I assume so, if you have a shed, it's not full of gardening equipment. That's just know? me. Um, now I do have a little shed. It's full of my hot water heater, um, and some spare litter boxes. Okay. Well, that's a hot water heater shed. That's, that's, but, uh, it could be a murder shed. It doesn't have a Is there really room? I was going to say, it will also, is there room to murder someone in that hot water heater shed? I couldn't murder someone in it, but I'm sure I could store someone in it with some weight. I had to go to the container store and kind of rejigger things. Sure. Um, But there is no lock on it. So Mm. it's not a great murder shed, but in a pinch. So anyhow. You know, they have those alpha consultants at the (laughs) container store. They could probably come out and really show you that you have more space in there than you thought that you did. You know, for all of your murdering needs. All your murdering. Yeah. So they see this white. So she says she sees this white shed. They're walking towards it to search it, and on the way there, she's like, "I, I found it." And they radio in, and they say, "I found Lonzo." And the Billy says it was a mess. Um, and so he's just in the creek. They find him, and I was literally in my notes. I say, "How on earth would they miss this?" And then I'm like, "They didn't miss it. He wasn't there because they've walked that That's creek right. so many times. The body must have been moved there later." Um, and then we definitely cut to, uh, I'm sure this man doesn't mean to be creepy. I'm sure he's meaning to be clinical. And the pathologist? Just, uh-huh. And he's just reporting, you know, with, you know, with no emotion, not adding any conjecture. He's reporting the facts of what he sees. Just he comes the facts. Off as the creepiest thing. Because <laughs> he's just, it was, you know. So first he goes down to the details of the autopsy. Body was clothed, had its personal items, um, like a ring. Um, you see some dried out money. Um 
And he says, you know, he could have drowned. He could have been strangled because at that point there was no soft tissue to show the strangling. But based off of what was left, he determined like no stabbing or any sort of penetrative weapon. Um, And it's just everything's undetermined. Cause of death, undetermined. Manner of death, undetermined. Undetermined. You see kind of the family all reacting. You definitely see Maria, again, like a gut punch of grief. Um, They're all obviously saying foul play. And then we get kind of this thing of there's lots of rumors online of everyone throwing things around of like, you know, someone at the party did. And and they make them look like YouTube comments. So I don't know if these are on like news reports that are getting posted or how these things are going around. But we get a lot of that. There's just a ton of rumors and you don't know. Yeah. Don't go down the Reddit hole, the Reddit rabbit hole of this thing. No, never read the Internet comments unless they're a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Bill and others mentioned that they would have like so the Bill Feller is just like, I saw where he was. We would have found him. We walked right by there. So he's even confirming the body wasn't there. And they do note that. He wasn't, this is gross, he wasn't bloated or anything from being in the creek for a month. That's so, right. Billy was saying his color was still mm-hmm, like pretty much his, the same. Yeah. And Maria's saying, like, look at all of his stuff, the stuff in his pockets. Like, it didn't disintegrate. Like, the money would have disintegrated after a month in there. Like, look at all the things that were in his pockets. Like, his bandana is just fine. Like, all of these things would have would have been destroyed. So, clearly, he was not in the creek for all of that time. Right. Well, and also we can look and see he still had his ring. He still had his wallet and money in his wallet. So robbery is not a motive here. It doesn't appear. Right. right. And then, so, uh, and you know, we keep seeing kind of archival news reports, things like that. And they're saying that there were fights reported by witnesses at the party. So it's just, you know, did he get in a fight later? Um, was he, and you know, they show kind of reenactments, like, was he jumped? Like, was he kept in a freezer somewhere? Oh, right. Well, that's when your friend, uh, the friendly pathologist comes back. Cause he was saying, if very clinically and, and dryly, if someone has been frozen, if a body has been frozen and they have been thawed out again, if you see or can examine them immediately after, you could see some microscopic changes in their tissue. However, with him being found in the creek, compounded with the amount of time that he had been just exposed, it was impossible to tell if he had been in a freezer. They also said it was possible that he could have been upriver because, as we said, at the time they were searching for him, the the water depth was only three feet. So he could have been upriver. And then when they had gotten more rain, his body could have floated downstream. Mm -hmm. Um, Although him ending up exactly precisely where he was on that property then seems like a very strange coincidence to me. Right. And then we have the police detective saying, well, it would be strange for someone to hold on to a body and then move it again such a long time later because, and I think we talked about this on other episodes, I've heard psychologists say that once that happens, you want to distance yourself from this body. And so the idea that you put it in one location for a while and then move it very far again seems strange. But at the same time, if I know that the police have searched this property several times and they haven't found anything, 
it does seem like that is a prime place to go back and put the body because the police have already searched there several times. And if you put it somewhere else, it could point the finger back at you as a place that you go or frequent or are familiar with. Right. So let's conjecture the murder shed. If there's, you know, a meat locker or something in there where he could be kept, they note that you know, the daily searches have died down. So, you know, that they've reached a dead end. They've concluded he's not there. And that's when, um, you know, they put his body back out there. Um, Because it's really the lack of water damage that really makes me think that he was held somewhere. Um, Katie. Yeah, what's up? (laughs) Katie. The fact that you're thinking that the shed also had a meat locker in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people have been talking about the meat lockers, but let me just say, we need a code. (laughs) That I, we can text each other in case we ever meet anyone that has a shed with a meat locker in it, because that is for sure a murder shed. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do have date uh, online, um, and I, so I always let people know where I've gone because you know murders. And uh, so I'll, just, I'll be like, uh, if, I'll be like, code meat locker. This guy is a no go. I gotta locker. escape. This is not okay. I um, think code meat locker is a little too obvious. We need something a little less obvious than code meat locker. <laughs> <laughs> code dead to me because they keep that body in a in a freezer in the in the oh. of the of the different hypotheses that unsolved puts forward I, i'm tending to think that he was moved even though to move a body is very inconvenient it's very heavy um you know it's it's hard to you could get caught with it. And then, um, and you know, we and we get even more interviews with the friends. And, you know, Justin is crying and saying, you know, I would switch places with him. Like, I blame myself. Um, and then we also cut way into the future to way. March, March 2019. Um, and Billy reads a letter that he has um, saying that the investigation was being closed because they found no evidence of a crime. Where I'm like, huh? Although, did you see the latest update? I did not. Did you use <gasps> Google Machine? I use the Google Machines. Okay, so July 2020, CNN reported that the FBI exhumed his body and that they're also offering a $100,000 reward for tips leading to an arrest. Wow. So it seems like probably, the me being cynical, probably because they heard about the Unsolved Mysteries episode. Maybe. They decided to reopen it because it seems shady AF. I mean, the fact that his shoes are in multiple places, I feel like it's evidence enough. I mean, maybe this is why I'm not a detective because I'm always like circumstantial, like they did it. It was the butler, but um, that was a murder shed. So <sighs> but yeah, that like the episode does come to a close with them being like, this is ridiculous. They're closing the case, which thank goodness it's been reopened. And also all the friends saying, you know, Someone knows something. You know, this is, this is, you know. Well, there were like reportedly 50 people at that damn party. 50? They supposedly interviewed a bunch of people, but it clearly didn't go anywhere. And I don't know if it's because people weren't talking. Probably. But somebody there has to know something about what happened. Especially since this is the only person of color at this party. You're going to tell me nobody noticed when he left? Nobody. I mean, somebody. Come on. Right. Like Daniel at the end of the episode is just like, someone knows something. Someone's got to say something like, how can you sleep with this? Like, you've got to tell the truth at this point. So that we can only hope that maybe the reward and 
something, you know, brings something forward or someone is wracked with guilt over keeping this body in their murder shed. Yeah, I, you know, so mad at the fact that they knew. And I think the friend said like, oh, you know, the further south you go in Kansas, the more those people there are, Mm -hmm. meaning racist. Like, why? That's not okay. That's not okay. And we all know this. Was it really, nobody did the cost-benefit analysis of, there's a party going on, pro, it's an hour away, con, another con, there might be full of racists, I don't know. Yeah. There might be full of racists, that party (laughs) might be full of racists, how about that? I'm clearly struggling and maybe drank too much wine last night and maybe (laughs) me. Maybe need some of that mushroom coffee. The other thing I'm thinking was this happened in 2004. It's been a minute. Um, Hard to believe that in such a small community with the people involved, somebody hasn't, let's say there is a group of five people that know what happened, right? That amount of time has gone by. Are you really telling me no one's gotten into a fight with somebody? No one's had second thoughts or feelings, like you said. How can you sleep at night? I mean... No no one sent, like, an anonymous letter, um, you know. Imagine how big of a shed you could contain or <laughs> store yourself with $100,000. Hopefully for no more murders. Hopefully just for crafts. That's a crafting shed. Not a murder shed. A crafting shed. A she shed, if a you will. A she shed, if you will. <laughs> or a he shed. You know what? If there's a guy who wants a crafting shed, I'm... Very supportive of that as well. A they shed. A they shed. A they shed. Maybe there's room for yoga. Mm. Mm. Some uh, place your favorite crystals around. uh, Listen. Listen. Some energy in that place. Yeah. Listeners, uh, Mary Margaret is teasing me because in this this pandemic, I reached a point where I bought a bunch of crystals. um, And I don't regret it. We all have to do... What we need to do to cope and to feel good about ourselves. I just love how, in some ways, Katie is embracing the Pacific Northwest lifestyle so much, including, I feel like, the crystals. And in other ways, she's really resistant. Like, she only recently took up composting, which (laughs) I was surprised by. I feel like that's a central tenet for living in Seattle. No one tell Seattle Utilities. So there's the recycling, the composting, the crystals, um, but there's also the Buy Nothing group. Uh, I do love my Buy Nothing group. So, listeners, welcome to Mysteries of the Buy Nothing group, which will Mysteries. be... <laughs> which will be uh, a segment that recurs whenever there is a post on this Buy Nothing group um, that I'm a part of. Um, so every Apple five <laughs> minutes, basically, is what I'm thinking. So, and this is not meant to um, shit all over anyone who's posting to this group. I myself posted to this group today to get rid of some extra cat food that I have. I am um, a big supporter of these types of groups. So I know we have one locally in our neighborhood. Um, it's not called the Buy Nothing group. It's like a neighborhood group where people, you know, we're getting rid of this. Is anyone interested? Almost always, right? So you... It makes you feel good. It's not ending up in a landfill. That sounded like I was from Philly when I said that. A, a, <laughs> a landfill. landfill. A landfill. It's not ending up in a landfill. It's getting some good use, better place than, like, say, my basement. I I'm, I dig it. I'm into it. But you have some unique characters, I think, just due to the composition of your neighborhood. Yeah. And, I mean, again, I, I, I don't... No shade on any of these posts, but... Uh, 
they, I just have questions. That's all. I'm not making fun of the poster or wherever these things generated from, but I just have questions. For example, um, one offer that came in today was for about 30, so not exact, but about 30, about 30. packages of uh, chili-flavored Maruchin Top Ramen. Um, Who doesn't love Top Ramen? Which, I mean, end the post there, but then she goes on to explain why she's getting rid of 30 packages sure. of Top Ramen, specifically chili-flavored, um, because uh, her boyfriend won't eat them anymore, and she's a vegetarian, and they're not vegetarian. So... I just then go into this question of, was the boyfriend so obsessed with this flavor that he's like, I need all of this ramen. And then he ate like 20 straight packages, got sick of it. and was like, I will never eat that again. And it's just like, get this out of my home. I can't even look at chili flavored top ramen anymore. Uh, I find all of that hard to believe because who cannot look at top ramen anymore? I mean, I guess I'm wondering, does she go to like a shoppers or a Costco or something where they only sell it in flats of a hundred or 50? Because that's a lot of ramen. It is quite a bit. So it's two flats and one is like half empty. Um, so that's mystery A. And then mystery B, um, and this came in right before we started recording. Um, uh, another offer. About 20 dozen eggs. Uh, sitting on the street, like in cartons, not just like loose eggs, um, from a from a Jewish service, which I don't know how they connected this because this person happened upon these eggs is what I'm getting from the context clues of the post. So not that this person had a surplus of eggs from all the chickens in their backyard, but that there were actual, they're walking down the sidewalk and saw 20 outside dozen synagogue. cartons of eggs outside of a synagogue. Street eggs, basically. Street, street, street eggs. eggs. And then, uh, no idea how long they've been out here. <laughs> You see, you got me because I thought the best part was going to be outside of outside the synagogue. And then the best part was really don't know how long they've been out there. So that was the clue that told me this is not someone connected to the synagogue. This is someone who happened upon some synagogue street eggs. So and then there's a comment that says the expiration date is November 1st. Plenty of time to eat. Is there? Is there? But, well, I mean, it's been pretty cold here, so I don't feel like these have been sitting out in, like, the hot sun. So, <sighs> I'm not rushing to out to get these eggs. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, there's one other mm, comment, mm. because it's been pouring here. Cartons are wet. Handle with care. Look, here's what needs to happen. Top ramen girl <laughs> and egg person need to swap. So, those are my those are my two mysteries. I didn't see the, the both of them were, were fresh posts, so I didn't see if there was nice. a lot of interest on the ramen post or if people were like, "Hell yeah, street eggs!" Um, oh, oh no! And no my, then my thought is like, well, you know, if they haven't been out there that long, and it, again, it's been very cold, so it's not like they're like going rotten in the sun or anything. And someone needs food, great. But like, an egg is not something that's like a good donatable food, right? Because you have to cook them. You have um, to cook them. But I'm thinking if they were really, I don't think they're associated with the synagogue. And here's why: <laughs> I feel like I feel like the synagogue would know of some shelters or soup kitchens where they could just take the eggs, and people who who needed them would have them. I right. feel like. 
This was a third-party interloper who came and left a bunch of eggs next to the synagogue. I don't know. You know, like those old movies from the 20s and 30s, how people were always, like, leaving babies at churches? Right? <laughs> but they did it with their instead, eggs. Instead of a baby, it was 240 <laughs> eggs. Oh, it's so many eggs. It's a great mystery. And I will report back. I will Please check do. out this post. And I will report back if there are any additional interesting facts. Please um, do. But no shade on anyone who took up the opportunity for street eggs or if anyone is like super into this ramen i don't know if she's like you got to take it all or you can just take a couple packages um Ooh, I, I would imagine if you're desperate and you want that space back for your she shed <laughs> you're gonna you're just gonna like let anyone who wants it take some if well, i have I mean, to take 50 i mean we just came up with a bunch of creative ways to use it if it True. was vegetarian maybe i would consider it but, i know i'm hungry I don't have enough storage space. I don't have a she shed space. Well, for all until of that ramen. until your container store consultant comes to rearrange and alpha eyes <laughs> your hot water she shed closet shed yes. outside, then you will have room for two pallets of top ramen and maybe two hundred and forty eggs. Well, I mean, and when they and when, when they do come out to um, to, re, to to reconfigure my uh-huh. my she shed. Um, maybe they can put a lock on it so no one takes my ramen. Yes. You also want to make sure, since it's outside, that, like, no raccoons are taking your ramen. Right. Or I mean, honestly, you know what my problem would be with these spiders. <sighs> Listeners, uh, I don't know if you're aware of the size of spiders in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> the size of spiders. Just in general, the size the of spiders. The size and concentration of spiders. Um it's a lot, and they're huge. Um, and they, uh, there's just one type of spider that can um, throw their web so far. No, thank you. That they just no, look, thank you. Like you, they nope. just look like they're floating in the air because you don't think that the web could possibly be stretching across a street or uh, from a street sign to like the top of a tree. So, like you don't where the web is attaching makes no sense. So the spider that's just chilling on its web is just floating in the air it's very spooky so it's only appropriate for october and then i'm upset by how many there are but um as long as they're outside not in my home nobody is listening to this for your spider content katie that's all i can (laughs) Uh, say welcome to katie's spider quarter um, a new segment um (laughs) well listeners Thank you so much for listening to our fourth episode. Um, if you made it this far and didn't turn off immediately <laughs> when you heard the word giant spider. Or, or to be fair, 20 dozen eggs on the sidewalk for free. Handle with care. Containers are wet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been pouring the last two days. Depending so gross. On how long Don't those carts have been wet eggs there. off the sidewalk. <laughs> Uh, listeners thank you so much you can contact us on instagram and twitter at wine times pod or email us uh at uh wine times pod at gmail.com uh, share with us your own personal mysteries or follow up if, if you have any information um or find any cool stuff on the google machine to tell us about these cases do let yeah, us know if updates. you have actual information about the cases don't tell us no tell the fbi the fbi uh, fbi.gov <laughs> actually is where i would send you um we'll be back next week with episode five and uh yeah that's all for us today come that's back right. and join us next time you would feel like popping a bottle talking about some mysteries over some wine <laughs> pop a bottle with us that's right Thanks, guys bye-bye